Good morning and happy Independence Day. My name is Pastor Michael Wilkerson. You can also call me Pastor Mike. And I am your new pastor here at First United Methodist Church. As you've probably heard, I was appointed by Bishop Robert Hoshibata, also affectionately known as Bishop Bob, to serve here after the retirement of Reverend Michael Bryant. I am so excited to be here with you, and I look forward to getting to know each and every one of you better as we serve Christ together in this ministry. Regarding my story, I'll just briefly share some of my background this morning. I arrived in Yuma about two weeks ago from Evanston, Illinois, where I recently graduated from Garrett Evangelical Theological Seminary. Before attending a Garrett, I lived in the East Valley of Phoenix, working as an engineer for Intel Corporation, and before that, I served in the Navy. I have two children from a previous marriage, Tom and Michaela, who are both out in the world creating their own adventures. While living in the East Valley of Phoenix, I started attending a new church plant that came to be known as Song of Life United Methodist Church, and I gradually became more and more active. I appreciated the opportunities to ask difficult questions, not necessarily to come up with definitive answers, but being allowed to explore my faith with patience rather than judgment. Over several years, I volunteered to serve in many different roles and gained a pretty good understanding of how the church works. At one point, the pastor, Reverend Sarah Case, asked me if I ever considered being a pastor myself. This seed took root the more I thought about it, and I eventually decided to quit my job as an engineer, move to the Chicago area for seminary education, and then pursue a life of ministry once my children were comfortably on their own. I am so grateful for the opportunities that my children and I have been able to pursue through the grace of Christ and the freedoms that we enjoy in this country. Would you pray with me? Loving God, May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, our Rock and Redeemer. Amen. Freedom is a hallmark of the independence that we celebrate today. As we celebrate the 245th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence, we are reminded of how our nation's founders saw freedom as a God-given right that everyone is entitled to. They made a specific statement to that effect in the Declaration of Independence, saying that it was self-evident that all people are created equal. Quote, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Freedom was not considered a condition reserved for only the wealthy or the powerful. It was meant to be enjoyed by all humanity. This premise, which has been a foundational characteristic of democracy from the very beginning, has enabled unprecedented innovation, creativity, and diversity in our country. When restrictions are removed and oppression is lifted, we have seen that the sky is the limit. Within a free nation, humanity has an unfettered opportunity to explore our personal understanding of what it means to live our own unique life and to participate in the process of creation where the gift of imagination can flourish. We are free to do as we like with certain limitations. For example, we're not free to infringe upon the liberties of others. We, in seek, we see in scripture that there are many parallels to these ideas of freedom in the passage that we read earlier 
The Apostle Paul reminds Galatians that we are called to freedom through Christ. But this does not mean that we should do whatever we feel like doing. It's a reminder that we have freedom, but our actions are to be guided by principles. Earlier in this passage, Paul is chastising the community in Galatia for falling prey to the influence of teachers who are encouraging them to follow specific Jewish laws, namely circumcision. They were the kinds of superficial legalities that imposed a burden on the community with no moral basis or consequence. Following these specific laws segregated certain people in the crowd, and it did not foster an attitude of compassion and love. Instead of blindly following the legal requirements of Jewish tradition, Paul teaches the Galatians to ignore these rules and follow the commandment to love your neighbor as yourself. This is one of the key guiding principles to Christian life that we see in the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 22. When Jesus was challenged by the lawyers in the temple, a lawyer asked Jesus what the greatest command is out of the 613 Jewish laws. Jesus replied, you shall love your, the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. In this teaching, Jesus gives us the limitations of Christian freedom. Our freedom was not intended to legitimize the pursuit of our self-indulging desires, but rather to ignore the hurtful legalities that foster division, indifference, and animosity. I saw a good example of this kind of compassion while scrolling through Facebook videos the other day. I came across a video series called Caught in Providence, where viewers see the cases brought before the chief municipal judge in Providence, Rhode Island, Judge Frank Caprio. In the video I watched, a man came before the judge on behalf of a friend who had been ticketed for failing to come to a complete stop at a red light before turning right. The man told the judge that his friend couldn't appear at court because of ill health, so he offered to represent her. The judge asked the man if he was present at the time of the violation. The man said no, but he said he had a picture that proved his friend had stopped prior to turning right at the red light. He told the judge that you could see that the brake lights were on in the picture, but the judge lightheartedly questioned the man how he could tell if the car was moving in a still picture. The man looked down and simply replied, well, you can see the brake lights. <laughs> The judge informed the man the court actually had a video recording of the violation, and he ordered the video to be played. In the video, you could clearly see the car slowly turning right at the red light without stopping. With the brake lights on and in front of a sign informing drivers to come to a complete stop before turning right at the red light. The judge turned to the man and asked for a comment. He was, of course, speechless. Then the judge asked him where his friend was going in such a hurry. The man replied, well, she was on her way to the hospital to receive medical attention. Surprised by this information, the judge asked, so she was driving herself to the hospital in a medical emergency? The man replied, yes, Your Honor. And Judge Caprio, well, if that were me, I'd probably be flying around that corner on two wheels 
This changes everything. Your friend's ticket is dismissed. I hope she feels better. The judge had clear, undeniable evidence that the driver had broken the law, but he looked beyond the legalities of the situation and offered compassion rather than punishment. We see from Scripture that this is the kind of attitude the apostles encouraged. In the second letter that we have from the Apostle Paul to the Corinthians, he again discourages people from blindly following Jewish law. He compares this blind compliance to having a veil over their faces. In chapter 3, he says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And all of us, with unveiled faces, seeing the glory of the Lord as though reflected in a mirror, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, the Spirit. God cannot be boxed in with rules or laws because God is Spirit, transcending the realms of heaven and earth. When we abide in the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit abides in us, we experience the freedom of Christ, the freedom to unconditionally love. Through practicing this unconditional love, we are able to recognize the image of God that resides within us, that image of God that we have been created with. And like a veil being lifted, we're able to more clearly see the image of God in those around us as well. Following the example of Christ, living with attitudes of compassion and grace, naturally frees us from the traps of greed, pride, and envy, while shedding light on the inherent holy image of God that resides in each and every one of us. Another scriptural example is the first letter from the Apostle Peter, where we're given similar guidance. In chapter 2, verses 16 and 17, he says, as servants of God, live as free people, yet do not use your freedom as a pretext for evil. Honor everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Here, Peter lists several caveats associated with his understanding of freedom. Do not commit evil. Love the family of believers. And honor everyone, even the emperor who eventually had him executed. I think the first two phrases of the first verse sum it up very well. As servants of God, live as free people. As followers of Christ, we are expected to fulfill the commandment to love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and to love our neighbor. But if the rules or norms of society contradict these primary commandments, we are free, might I dare say, that we are obliged to ignore them. We see Jesus model this for us throughout the Gospels. When he was walking through the fields and his disciples picked grain and ate it on the Sabbath, they were breaking the rules and laws of Jewish society. But Jesus told them it was okay because God desires mercy not sacrifice. When Jesus healed the man with a withered hand on the Sabbath in a synagogue, again, he was disregarding the Jewish conventions of his day. But he challenged his critics to use common sense and give this man at least as much compassion as they would give an animal who had fallen into a pit. 
In the story of Jesus healing lepers, we see that he healed them by touching them, which was against Jewish law. But Jesus' desire to express compassion outweighed his desire to conform to the norms of his society. Jesus demonstrated to his disciples what it means to be free and how to use your freedom. He chose to use his freedom in ways that created opportunities for others. I think this is another way in which the freedoms won by our nation's founders is like Christian freedom described in Scripture. The authors of the Declaration of Independence pledged their lives, fortunes, and honor in support of this public expression of rebellion. The early leaders of our nation suffered injustices that were being perpetuated by the British monarchy. So they broke with the rule of law and declared the American colonies to be independent of Great Britain. To some extent, they were following, they were responding to the injustices that they were personally experiencing. But they were also expressing a concern for the people that they represented. And they were acting out of a sense of duty to procure freedoms for those unable to take this action on their own. In this way, we can see the Declaration of Independence as a form of compassion for disenfranchised people who had no recourse. The consequence of their actions has led to the creation of countless opportunities for people to rise out of poverty throughout this country and decide for themselves how they want to live their life. Today, we carry these principles of freedom forward as Americans and as Christians. When we see suffering around us, we are moved by the Spirit to provide relief, whether it's food, clothing, or shelter. When we see injustices taking place, we are free to challenge the rules and systems that perpetuate those injustices. So the new opportunities are created for those whose liberties have been suppressed. The freedom we enjoy, the freedom afforded to us by both God and country, enable us to love our neighbor and to seek God's righteousness on earth as it is in heaven. Our freedom is not a license to exercise our prerogatives without regard to principle. Just because we can doesn't mean we should. No matter how hard we try to create rules and laws to guide behavior in society so that fairness prevails, loopholes are exploited and unforeseen circumstances arise. I don't think we can fully legislate morality any more than we can bound God with law and doctrine. This is why we must rely on the principles of love and compassion as guides for our behavior. Through love and compassion, Jesus gave himself up so that we may be able to experience the grace of God when we fall short in expressing that image of God's self when God planted it within us. Let us follow the example of Christ, granting grace, love, and compassion to our neighbor. And may the God who opened our eyes to the needs, may God open our eyes to the needs of those around us so that we might faithfully exercise our freedom with the same strength and courage as those who have gone before us, opening the doors of opportunity that we enjoy today. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.